This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay. <laughs> Freedom Month. Hallelujah. So, uh, so this past week has been a, a massive eye-opener to me. You know, I don't like to put the focus on the enemy. I like the focus to be on Jesus. But, you know, as I've been saying this last week or so, that there are two traps. The one trap is to focus too much on the enemy. Then you're going to look away from Jesus. Bad idea. And then also the other trap is to not focus on the enemy and in his schemes and what he's doing. And so my eyes have really been opened um, just for how the enemy is influencing so many people. And so, so the one principle that I want to sort of highlight today is this. If you want to win this fight or this war, if you want to walk in victory, you need to have your eyes on Jesus and the enemy under your feet. You need to have your eyes on Jesus and the enemy under your feet. You need to focus on Jesus and his victory and his goodness and his greatness and his glory. You know, we can't be obsessed with the enemy. But so as you are focusing on Jesus and you're worshiping him and you're following him and you, your, your heart, your mind, all of you is upon him, then just by the way, you crush the enemy under your feet. Okay, because you need to both, because otherwise you can't, you can't do the eyes on Jesus thing when you're allowing the enemy to mess with your life. So would you do this, just to recap a little bit from last week, the invisible war. Would you do this? Tonight, as you go to, you know, just before you go to bed, you go outside and you leave the front gate open on your property or wherever you're staying. And then you go to your front door and you leave the front door open. And then you go and have a nice, peaceful sleep. Anybody that's going to have a peaceful sleep? You're like, <laughs> need to close the door, close the door, close the door, close that gate. But that is exactly what we do in the spirit. We're so focused on the natural in our current South African crime-ridden environment we're like focused on safety and the gate and the locked and must be closed and but we are in a spirit war and there's a real enemy that wants to get in he wants to is looking for an open door bible says be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's continuously prowling around our neighborhoods looking for open doors. And many of us have open doors. Okay, so that's why I started last week sharing about how we need to close the door on the enemy. So we're going to unpack some of that today. And I, I really felt the Lord gave me a key this past week of you know, the enemy is sly, he's a deceiver. And I, I, it's like the Lord showed me a specific area that the enemy gets into our lives. And we're going to trust to close that door today. Okay, so who wants to be free? Who wants to be free from the enemy? Yes, we want to be free. 
We don't want the enemy in because when the enemy gets in, we are tormented, we are anxious, we find ourselves in depression, we lose our joy. The enemy comes in and he steals. He steals all that God has for us. The enemy reduces us from who we are in God. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he upgrades us into our true selves. And there are so many people that are a shadow of their true selves because of the enemy that's come in. Like these nagging, negative, destructive thoughts and emotions. So the verse we, I shared last week, Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. Persons without bodies. Come on, say persons without bodies. That's the fight. The evil rulers of the unseen world. And so many of us are fighting in the natural. We're fighting that person at work or that family member or spouse or somebody. And we're like, oh, I'm so angry, upset and resentful. And like, oh, you know, you're fighting in the natural when there's a demonic something behind this whole thing trying to mess up your life. Are you aware? Of the spirit war. And then fight it in the spirit, not in the natural. If you fight the spirit war in the natural, you're going to lose. Okay, so I'm just going to touch on a few things today. I don't have a lot of time. If you want more, you need to sign up for Freedom Encounter. Okay, there's more time for getting into these things. I'm just going to touch on one or two things. And then some of us might say, hey, but, you know, the enemy definitely is not affecting me. It's not messing with me. You know, I'm fine. Maybe you're not fine. Okay, so I want to share a testimony with you. So, Ravon, brother, join me. Let's give him a hand. So I, I wouldn't normally do something like this, definitely not with a young believer, have this kind of interview, but with uh, Ravon is a mature believer in Christ. And uh, we want to share a, a beautiful, beautiful breakthrough that he had in this week. And to give some context, in 2015, uh, my wife and I, uh, God set us free from a deep, deep anxiety in, our, in, like, in the roots of our hearts or spirit, you know, which is underlying, underneath. You know, we weren't even aware. We just thought, you know, it's the pressures of life. And anyway, so in 2015, the Lord set us free. And, uh, and if you think of Mary Magdalene in the Bible, she was seven demonic spirits. She was set free from seven demonic spirits. Jesus set her free. And she's a legend of the scriptures. You know, so there's no shame when it comes to being set free from demonic influences. I want to say probably 90% of all of us in this room are being influenced by the enemy on one level or another right now. And God wants to come and set us free. So we need to expose the enemy. Okay, so on Monday night, we had a, um, a prayer meeting at our home. And, uh, and then God showed up in such a beautiful way. So, so Revon, what, what happened? Yeah, we were all in a prayer meeting by Pastor Andre them. And uh, while we were busy praising and worshiping, I actually had tremendous pain in my lower back. Um, but I carried on. And... Alan, one of the elders, had a word of knowledge, and he said that he is feeling pain in his back. And he just feels there's someone in here that needs uh, prayer for that. Um, and I got up, and I said, no, I'm the one. And uh, the guys came around me, and they started 
laying hands on me and praying for me. And, and I started sweating as I felt the presence of God come on my entire body. And to the point that I actually couldn't stand, uh, I went down and I ended up on the floor. And while we, they were praying for me, I just sensed that God was doing something significant in, in my back. And the pain left. Yeah, awesome. So, as the, as so, so, I mean, this has never happened to you before. No. So he's been a Christian for how many years? Since the age of 21. Since the age of 21. So I presume it's like at least 10 years then a Christian. <laughs> Make it 30 plus. <laughs> Maybe 30 plus. Okay, 30 plus years. A Christian a believer, mature believer. He is uh, one of our main intercessors in church. He probably prays more than anybody in this church. He really seeks the face of God. And so he had back pain. The Holy Spirit reveals it. And then the fire of God comes upon him. He actually goes to the floor. But as we're praying for him, the Holy Spirit reveals to some of the guys praying for him that there is an open door to the enemy in his life. And so the one guy asked you a question. So share yeah. a bit about that. So JP, our visiting pastor, asked me, Ravon, what was your mom and your relationship like now. My mom's no longer with us. But I immediately said, no, we were fine. Uh, we absolutely had no issues. But as they were praying for me, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart. The fact that when we left Cape Town at a very, um, with the kids very young and moved to Johannesburg, we, we sort of felt that um, there wasn't that sort of connection between the kids and us and the granny, and um, she still had to look after. She was a good grandma and a mom, um, looking after the rest of my brothers and sisters' kids. And But we just felt that disconnect. And without me realizing, there was actually a bit of resentment over that. And that came out as, as being an open door. And um, speaking to the kids now, I actually realized that it affected them more than it did me because they just felt that they were sort of rejected, um, even though I don't think my mom thought like that. And, yeah, I just wanted to just share with you is pray about things and then speak about things. Because if I had spoken then with my mom regarding that, we could have closed that door mm. and, and shut the door to any things that is now still affecting us. So... Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, so the Holy Spirit highlighted something. Um, th this resentment opened the door to the enemy, and I feel like, well, as we were praying for you, I felt like you know there's a spirit of maybe intimidation that came into Ravon's life. Like he, his voice doesn't matter; that he's not valued as a person because of this sort of rejection from his mom. And so it was a profound moment because. It was highlighted. He could forgive his mom. And then, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, he was on the floor. The fire, the power of God was all over him. And then his back was healed and it's still healed. Yes. Amen. Amen. Still healed. And this influence of the enemy was removed of his life, yes. which Amen. is beautiful. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. And just one last thing is that, you know, very often we think that these small things in our lives that, trips us up, ach, it's just me. 
don't believe the lie because those are issues that the devil use to limit us in in what God wants to do in and through our lives. Yeah, amen. So get over that stuff, get into the presence of God, ask him to enable you to overcome those situations and we will have victorious lives. Yes. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Let's give him a hand. Thanks, Rayvon. So I wanted you to, to hear that. We're talking about a bit of resentment, not hatred, not like, oh, despise my mom, just resentment. Open door, enemy came in and reduced him from who he truly is in God. So what are you carrying with you? Where, where, where have you allowed aspects of your heart to, to be infected by the enemy and therefore an open door. And the thing is, we, we shove these, these things down. We're not aware. We're not aware of what's happening below the surface. And so through the Holy Spirit, the Lord wants to come reveal that so that he can set us free. Okay, so this is spring cleaning month, meaning God wants to cleanse us out from stuff. Come on, say this with me. Lord, cleanse me. Cleanse me of any influence of the enemy. Amen. Let's get the enemy out of our homes, out of our hearts, out of our workplaces. And what if there are things influencing you, influencing your marriage, influencing your family, straining relationships, causing issues in your finances or in your workplace? The enemy doesn't play fair, and so we need to expose him. So I was listening to a testimony, reading a testimony of a pastor. He said they, they this this topic came to the fore and they started to cleanse their whole church from the leadership through everybody cleansed from the schemes of the enemy and he says after they did that there was a mighty move of the holy spirit revival broke out in their church so i am trusting for that in jesus name amen come on say freedom freedom that's what jesus wants to bring to you when the sun sets you free you are free indeed you are free indeed. Come on, say it. I'm free indeed. Okay. So how, how does the enemy get a foothold in our lives? I'm going to answer that question on, on a few levels. And then we're going to look at how we can get him out, how we can remove his access. No enemy access allowed. Okay. So John 14, verse 30. I love this, the way Jesus says this. He says, I will no longer talk much with you. This is before he was going to be crucified and, and leaving. He says, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Come on, say nothing in me. Nothing in me. That is so powerful. You see, the ruler of the world at that time is now the ex-ruler of the world. Because Jesus chucked him out at the cross. Jesus overcame him at the cross. Jesus defeated, dethroned, and disarmed the enemy at the cross. He, he, he stripped him of all his authority because Jesus now has all authority. And then Jesus delegates that authority to us. So the ex-ruler of the world for us now, he is going to come and knock on your door. And what will your response be? He has nothing in me or, ouch, he's got something in me. 
He's got a legal access. He's got an open door. He's got the right to be in my life. What, what is your response going to be? Because I, I, I know, I, I can sense how the Holy Spirit is working in this season, even with me. And God is coming to me and saying, okay, Andre, now drop that thing. It's distracting you. Now drop that thing. I'm like, oh, you know, oh, that's a challenge. That's a challenge, you know, because the flesh likes these things, worldly things, not even major sins, just stuff that's distracting. And so the, the Holy Spirit comes and he says, drop that and then drop that and then turn your heart here and repent of that and realign your whole life with the Holy Spirit and with the word of God so that you can say the enemy's got nothing in me. So that's what I'm sensing God's doing in me over the season. I can feel God's cleansing me and cleansing me and realigning my heart, restoring my affections for God. I haven't felt this clean and focused in years. Definitely not since COVID struck. Texas of COVID. It's a distraction. But what has happened is, you know, it's like a perfect storm. A mother of all storms that the church worldwide has been going through. Everybody has been, been reduced to more and more worldliness, more and more media, more and more distractions, more and more. Like we can't do much. We can't be active in terms of doing the will of God and working for God. So I, I feel like there's a whole lot of demonic strongholds and worldliness that has gotten a foothold in people's lives. And so God wants to clean it out. Come on, say it. Lord, clean me out. Amen. Amen. He wants to clean you out. And it says, so Jesus says, and he has nothing in me. But, this, but then he says, but that the world may know that I love the Father. In other words, Jesus says there, everyone will know that the enemy is nothing in me because I love my Father. There's no idols. There's no other gods. Jesus didn't love the things of this world. He wasn't attached to the things of this. That's why he could lay down his life. And he could fully obey God. And he says, and as the father gave me commandment, so I do. And so Jesus was fully aligned with the father. He could do the will of God. He could go to the cross and die. And then be risen, overcome the powers of darkness. But if you and I can't say the enemy is nothing in us, you know what? you're not going to obey God because you're bound. Your will has been bound. You're unable to do the will of God because the enemy has a foothold. The enemy is holding you and pulling you down and reducing you from who you are in Christ. And so that's why we need to get the enemy out in Jesus' name. You know, and so I've been, sometimes chat to some people and they're like, oh, I'm so tired of fighting. You know, I don't want to fight anymore. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like, Leave me alone, devil. <laughs> Leave me alone. And the result of that, when you stop moving forward, you lose ground. You become passive. You become worldly. You get attached to sinful habits and things. And the enemy actually wins and he takes you out. There's only one way to win this. You need to move forward in the will of God. You need to obey the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You need to be on the offensive, not on the defense. Otherwise, the enemy will get that foothold and he will get you into trouble. There is no demilitarized zone. There is no place that you can, not even in Hawaii, where you can say, ah, the devil isn't here. No, he's everywhere, especially in Hawaii. <laughs> he's there. 
The flesh is going to be tempted there. The enemy is going to come for you wherever. There is no place where you can just say, oh, I just don't have to. No, you need to crush the enemy under your feet. You need to be on the offensive. It's like Sonic and I, when we do go on holidays, we first club the devil big time. We pray. When we're driving somewhere, we have communion. We take authority over the enemy and we, we, we crush the enemy under our feet. And then we have beautiful holiday. But if we don't do that, it's not a holiday. It's chaos because the enemy guns for you. He starts bringing strife into the relationship and the enemy messes you around. So you need to be sober. You need to be vigilant. You need to be focused. You need to be on the front foot. You need to move forward. Not like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to fight. If you don't fight with God, you will find yourself in trouble. Okay. So what, what, I've, what I've discovered also is that the enemy rarely manifests himself like physically in front of you, like boo. He doesn't do that. It is subtle. It is deceiving. Temptations ends often through people. He wants to wound you in your heart. He wants to wound you in your spirit. So he gets people to do stuff to you, to say things to you, to wound your heart, to disappoint you, because he wants an access point. So either he will tempt you, to disobey God, and then you open the door to the enemy, or he will use people to wound you. And I like prayed with a young man in the first service, and he, he said to me, his dad said to him some years ago, you're a failure. And that has stuck with him, those words. Somebody that should be building you up breaks you down. That's enemy access. Like with Rayvon, a mom that should be celebrating the family and celebrating her children is the one who is pushing them away and causing wounds and resentment. And then that's where the enemy comes in. So the enemy works often through people. Okay, so you need to be aware. Come on, say it. He works through people. Okay, you need to be aware of that. So you need to see, you don't see the person, you see the, the, the demonic thing behind the person trying to influence you, trying to wound you, trying to, to mess you around. Okay, so the enemy has, I believe that, I believe demonic spirits have access to the people of God now like we haven't seen in a very long time because of the current situation. There are strongholds in the people of God's lives like We haven't seen in a very long time. This is a perfect storm, the mother of all storms. So let's get the enemy out in Jesus' name. Okay, so the one way the enemy gets access is sin or disobedience. When the moment you disobey God, it's called sin, and the enemy has legal access to come into your life. Every time you sin. So you might sin once. It might not be major sin, but just a once-off sin. Um, That's not necessarily yet. A demonic stronghold, but as that sin becomes habitual, you keep on doing that same thing, that same thing, that same thing. Then the enemy gets a stronghold. He builds up a stronghold. He, he, he begins to rule in that area. Okay, so the enemy amplifies our flesh. If you don't repent of it, if you don't bring it into the light, and you keep on sinning, then you find yourself in trouble. Okay, and so often these sins are not like in your face obvious. They are under the surface sins. Those are the difficult ones. It's easy, like, you know, major sin, like you killed somebody. Okay, that's like quite obvious. That maybe don't do that again. Um, <laughs> but especially sexual sins, sex outside of marriage, sexual immorality, pornography, those things are obvious. People hide it away, obviously, but it's obvious. Um, it's a sin 
gives the enemy legal access. The Bible is very clear about sexual sin. You sin against your body, massive open door that you give to the enemy in your life. And you are welcome to continue with it if you want to. But if you want freedom, you need to repent. Say, God, forgive me for disobeying your word. Okay, so that's like obvious. But then the under the surface sins, those are the difficult ones. Things like pride, stubbornness, like not listening to God or people, wanting to do your own thing, stubbornness. That can be a spirit of rebellion that opens a door to the enemy. Or maybe, you know, like pride, like you never humble yourself. You never apologize. You never own your stuff. You're always blaming other people. Well, that's a sin. Things like that. Those are under the surface sins. And we need to then humble ourselves and acknowledge our faults before God and towards people so God can cleanse us. Okay, so there's a, um, a lady that, you know, there was, it was a, a Monday morning. This is one of the more hectic stories that I can share with you. I normally don't share these kinds of stories. We normally just talk about this at Freedom Encounter behind the scenes. But it's like God wants to set people free. So we are just going where he wants us to go. So it was a Monday morning a few years ago, and normally in the past we had an evening service. So Monday mornings, I'm normally tired. I'm like, need to rest. And then this Monday morning, I was like, whew, the presence and the power of God is on me. And normally that's like, that's like, it's time to do ministry. <laughs> you know, the Lord anoints us for ministry, to minister towards people. And uh, so there was a Monday morning, I felt the presence of God as I was praying and spending time with the Lord. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It's like, I need to, I need to minister. And uh, as I was praying, I felt the Holy Spirit pop a name into my mind. And so it was a lady's name. And so I contacted her and I said, hey, how are you doing? The Holy Spirit's lady on my heart. And then she said, no, not going well at all. I've tried to commit suicide the, the day before or two days before. And, uh, and she's really struggling. She doesn't know what to do. You know, she's not coping. And I said to her, okay, right, come. I feel the <laughs> presence of God. It's time for uh, to address the enemy. Anyway, so she came to, to see me. I never see ladies alone. So I had one of our staff uh, sitting in as well. And so we started to chat about well, what's going on. And she had some hectic stories. She said she was at home and then the bed would levitate off the ground, off the floor. She'd see this demon with these red eyes, you know, and tormenting her. And it was like, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> yes, exciting. <laughs> We're going to have fun today. So anyway, so her background story is, you know, I, I felt God's compassion on her, the father's compassion, because she's been involved in a lot of negative stuff, blatant disobedience, rebellion, and sin, like, you know, and, and she's been abused in her life. People have really, men, a lot of men have hurt her and, 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 and uh, you know, really wounded her. The result is that she, she, she turned to alcohol to, to mend the, the pain on the inside, like alcoholic vibes and then sleeping with multiple men and all those things that have been prayed into before when she felt demonized and she's been set free of some of those things. But so this morning I'm like, okay, what, what happened? Because she's like, the last six weeks has been chaos. And I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> what did you do to open the door to the enemy on this level? And then she shared with me like a friend of hers who's involved in new age contacted her and said, I need to pray for you. 
So this friend is a new age religion, which is a false religion. Anything that's not Jesus Christ is false. You know, came to her, prayed for her, and imparted to her a demonic something. And since from that moment on, it's been chaos. So anyway, so we prayed into that, forgiving the friend and forgiving for allowing these things into her life. And then we prayed for her, and it was amazing. So I, I remember putting my hand on her left arm, and as I just touched her, she said she felt like fire. She was like, whoa, and she, her whole body went like this way, because she said like the demon on the inside of her was fleeing to the other side. I'm like, yes, fire of God, fire of the Holy Spirit. Our God is vastly, vastly superior to the enemy. He has reduced the enemy at the cross to a little snail. And now God wants to crush the enemy under our feet. So it's just awesome to see that this so-called powerful demon was just as terrified in the sight of the anointing of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Anyway, so we prayed with her and it was beautiful. It wasn't even very long and she was set free. It went. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise for that. God is faithful. God, God is powerful and faithful, but he wants us to partner with him. The enemy can only be in our lives if he has legal access. So at Freedom Encounter, we're going to unpack more of that, but you get generational curses. You get um, soul ties, ungodly soul ties that bind you to other people where there's a demonic access point. Then there's sins of disobedience, things that we commit, or even sins, things that we, we don't commit. We don't obey God, and therefore we allow the enemy in. Okay, so it can be blatant or it can be under the surface. So what the enemy does is he amplifies your flesh. Your flesh is your sinful nature, your tendency to do wrong. And the enemy in general, as I said, he doesn't come and like growl like, you know, I'm a lion, I'm going to eat you. You know, he doesn't do that. He comes like an angel of light. If the enemy appears, he's going to look beautiful. He's going to look gorgeous, an angel of light. But most of the time, he manifests through temptations. In other words, he, he takes something that you like, that your sinful nature likes, and he amplifies it. He makes that temptation strong. That you, know, you can't help yourself. You need it. You want it. You, you're drawn to it. And it's normally pretty and beautiful and the things that you love. And then he amplifies it. You give in to the temptation and then open door and he comes in. Okay, so it's not like bad things. I think this is where it's really, really difficult. It's really difficult because it's like something that you really like, something that you're really attached to, and you can't help yourself. You, 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 you want it, but you know it is sinful. You know it is worldliness. You know that this is not good for your soul. You're medicating your pain with the wrong stuff. As I spoke to a man recently, you know, he in the past struggled with drugs, and porn, and a whole bunch of stuff. And now, <laughs> you know, living in sin with a girl, living in sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage. And I told him, man, dude, she's your drug. Yeah, you've given up those things, but she's your drug. She's your everything. And you're not following Jesus. And again, if, you wanna, if anybody wants to live like that, that's fine. It's your choice. But you need to decide, do you want freedom, or do you want the enemy in your life? So what's your drug? What's your drug today? What, is, what are you medicating your soul with? Alcohol? Romantic movies? 
what, 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 is, what, what, where, what is causing you to run away from God and to feed your soul with something else? And you stuff down the pain. You stuff down the pain. You stuff down the things that, are, that you might be struggling with. So whether it's addictions or pornography or sexual sins, or maybe you're obsessed with exercise, the worship of self, the worship of sport, that can be your love of money. Just, you follow the money. You don't follow Jesus. It satisfies the flesh. You follow, you follow money, not God. Or movies or worldliness or whatever else. And again, the question is, do you want to be free? <laughs> That's the question. Do you want to be reduced by the enemy or do you want to be having the power of the Holy Spirit in your life that you be amplified into the true you? Okay, so look at this. Enemy access, Proverbs 4.23. This is the, the thing I feel God has highlighted to me this week where the enemy gets a foothold in our lives. It says above all else. Come on, say above all else. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. The ESV says, from it, from your heart, flows the springs of life. From your heart flows the springs of life. Now, there's a, there's a, a flow of life for the believer. If you've got a living relationship with Jesus and your heart is in a good space, whole, healthy heart, you're connected to God and there's living waters springing forth from your inner being. But now what happens is the enemy guns for your heart. He wants to wound you in your heart. Because if he wounds you in your heart, if he crushes you in your heart, if he damages your heart, there is an open door. Something happened in your past. And this is, guys, this is all of us. Over this weekend, I just feel God is taking me to moments in my life where I felt experienced a crushing of my soul, of my spirit, of my heart. Painful things, moments where you felt vulnerable. And in that moment of vulnerability, someone said something that hurt you or someone did something that, that wounded you. And so that becomes an open door where the enemy has legal access into your life because you haven't shut the door. You haven't received the healing of your heart. Trauma, a traumatic moment. So look at this uh, definition of trauma. Definition number one, trauma. It's a, a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. A deeply distressing or disturbing experience. So a synonym for trauma is heartbreak. Your heart gets broken. Your heart gets wounded. And when your heart breaks, let me explain like this. Like you're, we all have a certain capacity for pressure, whether it's spiritual, emotional, relational, or conflict. We all have a capacity, a certain capacity. Now you put pressure on your heart your, your, the deepest part of your being, the pressure gets piled on until you get pushed over your limit. And then that, that breaking of the heart to give you a bit of a picture of, of how I believe it works. So you, the pressure gets piled on until the heart gets crushed or broken. It feels traumatic. You're wounded in your emotions and the doors open. And there are many different ways that this can happen in our lives. I also felt like the Holy Spirit revealed to me that sin isn't the major issue. 
Because, you know, sin you can confess and you bring into the light and you ask Jesus to forgive you and then the blood of the lamb cleanses you, boom. But this is the problem. Emotional wounds, memory pain, things have been imprinted on, on, on our hearts, on our spirit, on our, on our inner being that leaves an open door to the enemy. So have you been through something traumatic over your whole life? Could have been when you were a baby. And it happened to me, um, we were in Turkey in 1998, and we were praying in the nation of Turkey. We were just praying for God's kingdom to come. And uh, in one, uh, somewhere along that time, I felt terrible oppression of the enemy, like a, a, like a, I was nauseous, sick, but it wasn't physical, it was spiritual. And it's like oppressive, oppressive darkness on my soul. I was like, God, why does the enemy have access? Where does this come from? And as we were praying, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that something happened between me and my mom when I was a baby. And the Holy Spirit revealed that. And so I forgave my mom, didn't know for what, just forgave her. And as I forgave her, it was like the legal access, my, the wound in my spirit heart was healed. And then the enemy was gone. Freedom. So when I came back to South Africa, I spoke to my dad about it. And he said, well, I asked him, like, anything bad happened to me and my mom? And he said, well, when I, when I was a baby, I was a colic baby. And it was just <laughs> killed my mother. <laughs> she couldn't sleep. And it was just a disaster. And then my dad says, one night he woke up and I was screaming. And my mom was with me in the baby room. And he walked into the room and my mom just lost it. She lost it. And she just chucked me across the room, onto the, fell onto the bed or something. But she was just like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and so in a sense, she rejected me. And something wounded my spirit. Something wounded me on the inside. You know, so even if you were a baby, even if you were small, there is still, you can still be wounded. Even in the womb, bad stuff can happen that can impact your, your, your spirit and your soul. And you need to address it. So there's things that, you know, we're going to, Address it at the freedom encounter, but you need to be set free from those original things. Okay, so second definition of trauma, an emotional shock following a stressful event or a physical injury which may lead to long-term neurosis. You said long-term, long-term neurosis, long-term effects, long-term open door in our lives for the enemy because of what you went through, maybe car accident, and since then, anxiety. Fear, you're like terrified, you know, of that happening again, you know, and, and you need to shut the, that door and allow God to heal you on the inside. So also, so I feel like sometimes it's like, you know, um, like the, the heart. Sometimes it's in our hearts. What, well, like what happens is they, they, these traumatic moments. And if we allow these things to impact us, your heart can become hard. So you build up a, a hardness. It's like you, you should be sensitive to sinful words or things in your life. You should be like, no, I don't know, conviction, no, shouldn't do that. But for many of us, we're so used to sinful things where there's like, you know, you watch movies that just cuss the whole time. So you get, you get, it doesn't affect you anymore. Well, I'm just discussing, you know. But if your heart is sensitive and soft, you know, then you're like, oh, one cuss word's like, that's un unacceptable. That's off. Cheers, you know. A, a softness of the heart. For some of us, 
We need that softness again to be restored. You see, our hearts are fragile. One word from somebody close to us that we look up to, it can affect our hearts. The good news is that Jesus is the healer of broken hearts. He wants to heal you in your soul. And when it comes to this, it's like also like, you know, I think with the men and the women, the guys think like, yo, I'm tougher. Cowboys don't cry. No, but the ladies, they cry. But we're like, oh, we're tough. That's utter rubbish. Utter rubbish. We, we men think, well, we're not emotional. You are emotional. You just get angry. <laughs> you don't cry necessarily, but you get angry. That's emotion. That's a wound on the inside that needs to be addressed. And so my question to all of us is, how badly do you want to be set free? How badly do you want to be set free? How badly do you want to deal with things? Like recently, uh, you've been working with a, one of the men in church and he was in his forties and he's always like, he doesn't talk. He don't, he doesn't ask advice from people. He is just like, and he says it to us, like he's, he just, he's always just dealt with it. He just stuffs it down and he deals with stuff on his own. And I'm like, so how's that been working for you? No, not very well. Marriage is falling apart. Relationships are falling apart. You're disconnecting from God. Your life is falling apart. And so now, now he's like, okay, now I need to change. First time in his life, in his 40s, but now he talks, he connects with other men. He brings his stuff into the light. He says, man, I really need community. I really need help. I need, I need people to pray with me. I need advice for my marriage. I need people to pray for me. I need help. Massive shift. On every level in his life. Now I feel like sometimes us men, oh, we're like, oh, I don't need it. I'm gonna fix it myself. Yeah, you're gonna stuff it up. <laughs> One of the key principles of the kingdom is God gives grace to the humble. The humble. The humble says, I need help. The humble says, I can't fix myself. The humble says, I need community. The humble says, hey, please pray for me. The humble says, I'm going to bring my stuff into the light. I need Jesus. Stop trying to do it in your own ability. All of us have been pushed over our limit at some moments in our lives where our hearts were crushed, our spirit crushed. Somebody said something, and then we just build up this wall hardness. Allow the Lord to come and heal your heart. Allow God to come and restore you on the inside. Let's get the enemy out. But it takes humility and it takes repentance. Like, God, forgive me. Forgive me for missing your ways. The enemy reduces us, but God wants to upgrade you into the true you. Come on, say, God wants to upgrade me. Amen. Okay, so how do you heal emotional wounds? Five things on the screen. Become aware of the wound. Acknowledge it. Say, hey, yo, I never dealt with that when I was a child. Primary school, high school, maybe your parents divorced. Maybe something that happened. Maybe your own divorce. Maybe something that you went through. Maybe rejection at school. Whatever it might be. Become aware of the wound. Acknowledge it. Number two, then forgive those who caused the trauma. Cancel every debt. Remove the legal access the enemy has. Do you know what the Bible, what God calls unforgiveness? He calls it wickedness. 
wickedness. When you don't forgive another who has sinned against you, why should God forgive you of all your stuff? It is, it is, it is, it is cussing in the face of God when you don't forgive another. Doesn't matter how bad it is. Your sins against God is a hundred times worse than any person's sin against you. Stop justifying yourself. Stop embracing that self-pity. Allow God to set you free. Number three, renounce. So now you ask for forgiveness or you've released forgiveness. And now you need to renounce. You say, out. You spurt a self-pity. You spurt a pride and arrogance and rebellion. And, and, and sinful habits, whatever it is, out in Jesus' name. Then ask God to heal your heart. Say, Lord, come and heal this emotional wound, this, these memories. God, come and heal me. Come and heal me. I mean, you know you haven't dealt with something when that, when that person's name is mentioned. You're like, Ugh. I'm not offended. Not offended. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Okay. Deal, allow God to heal you on the inside. Ask him to bring healing. And then lastly, receive the love of the Father. Receive a baptism of the Father's love. Realize how much God loves you. That heals like nothing on this earth. When you have the baptism, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, reveals to you how much your heavenly Father loves you. That is powerful. Receive, receive, receive the love of God. You know, to give you an example, about a year ago, April last year, my dad died, heart attack in Cape Town. And I tell you, it knocked me. It was like, just, I did not expect that. I'm like, it threw me off balance. It was like my heart was wounded in that moment, like in, in everything that was happening that week. And then, and then in my vulnerability, like, you know, off balance, then the enemy gunned. So then family members started to say things. You know, things about me. And that made me think, whoa, what, what did my dad think about me? What did he say to other people about me? You know, and he's dead and I'm going to a funeral and I'm struggling with what happened. You know, so I remember driving down to Cape Town and WhatsApp came through from one of my uncles. And, and I realized, well, what the heck is my family saying? So I told Sonic, and now you need to drive. I can't drive. I'm freaked out. I felt like, you know, I felt like pressure piling in, like the pressure, the pressure, pressure. I'm already off balance, and now the enemy guns these words going for my heart. So Sonic had to drive, and I was just praying, just trying to find my peace again. But now I'm going to a funeral with my, for my dad, and I'm like, maybe my dad didn't love me. Maybe my bad, my dad spoke all these negative things about me behind my back. That's vulnerable. That's vulnerable. No way to reconcile. No way to make right. Just like these voices, these voices, these voices. But then in that week, my heavenly father said to me, I'm going to fill every gap in your life. I'm going to be everything you need. You only need me. My love is all you need to fill you, to heal you, to restore you. But we've all been through stuff, traumatic moments, death, accidents, anxiety for weeks about things that's happening, fears, and, and then the pressure, the pressure, the pressure, and then the wound, the wound, the wound in the heart. Jesus wants to heal you. When, you, when, you, when your heart is broken, it's like a part of your armor is removed and the, and the enemy can bring in these arrows. He can hit us, strike us with all these things. 
So God wants to heal you. Jeremiah 17, 9 to 10, just quickly. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? In other words, we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves. We keep busy. You actually have issues, but I'm busy running around, filling up my pain with other stuff, medicating with alcohol, medicating with movies, medicating with series, medicating with, with, with doing stuff. And actually, there's something that needs to be healed on the inside. We deceive ourselves, saying, I'm not a fan, I'm not hurt. I tell you, over this weekend, as God has been, I've been spending time with the Lord and just praying, and then the Holy Spirit brings memories to me. Hey, forgive that one. And then another memory, hey, forgive that one. And that memory, forgive that one. Allow me to cleanse you. Allow me to wash you. Allow me to restore you. And so I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. And I'm scores of things. There's like the remnants of things, like footprints of the enemy that God wants to remove so that he can fill with the Holy Spirit. I tell you, if, if God's doing this in me, he wants to do this with you. He wants to heal you. He wants to set you free. But you need to be bold and passionate. But I want freedom. Come on, say it. I want freedom. Uh, so it says, I, the Lord, search the heart, test the mind. So God, the Holy Spirit, is the one that comes and reveals. He reveals. He reveals to us those things that the enemy has wounded us. Okay, so here's another key. Four things how to crucify the flesh Carry the refiner's fire. How to align. So God's speaking to me about alignment. Align your heart, your mind, your whole being with the will of God. How do you do that? Well, here's a few ways of doing it. Number one, humble yourself. So you need to crucify the flesh. We say, no, no, no. Lay things down. Humble yourself. Deal with distractions. If your mind and your heart is so full with other stuff, God can't deal with you. You know, you see in your prayer time, quiet time, and you're praying and your mind is on other stuff. No, your mind needs to be on Jesus. So you need to lay down every distraction. Deal with distractions. How's your prayer time? Do you have a prayer time? Because if you don't even have a prayer time where you get quiet and you sit before the Lord and you are not, if you don't even have that, I promise you, you've got stuff. That Jesus needs to heal and deal. So be still before the Lord, quiet before God. We like, okay, God, now speak to me, heal me, restore me, and then receive the refiner's fire. Receive that anointing, the love of the Father, the anointing of God to fill you up so that the enemy can't come back. Okay, so they crucify the flesh and carry the refiner's fire. Then last verse I want to read, Matthew 16. It says, and I also... Say to you, this is Jesus, that you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. What's that rock? The revelation of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. The revelation of the victory of Christ at the cross. You see, your victory is a continuation of Christ's victory. Amen? Your victory. Come on, say my victory. Is a continuation of Christ's victory. So come on, lift your hand. Lift your hand, lift your hand. Come on, pull down that victory. <sighs> pull down that victory. Pull down that victory. Come on, release that victory into your life. You need to take hold of it and <sighs> you need to receive it. <sighs> receive, receive it, receive it. Receive the victory of Christ into your life. So on this rock, I will build my church. No revelation of who Jesus is and what he has done. And then it says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. The enemy shall not prevail. Come on, say it. The enemy shall not prevail. 
A man he shall not. And then this, verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What does it mean? Binding and loosing. Keys. Keys speak of authority. The right to use the power of God. So same with Romans 16. God doesn't crush the enemy for you. He crushes the enemy under your feet. There's a partnership with heaven. In other words, you need to walk in your authority. So what is binding? Binding is to say, devil, no. (laughs) Demonic influences, not here. Not in my house, not in my family, not in this church, not in my workplace. Get out in Jesus' name. Okay, you bind. You're like, you bind. Come on, do that bind. Bind. Put your hands together. Bind. You put shackles on the enemy. You bind the enemy. You say no in Jesus' name. Come say that with me. No in Jesus' name. No. You need to walk in your authority. You need to take authority over things in your life. And you say, enemy, not here. This is holy ground. And then you need to loose. Come on, break loose. Loose. Do that. Loose. Break those shackles. Break those shackles. Loose. So you want, you want to, you want to bring freedom to yourself and to others. So you want to break the shackles. So one of the words we received this past week or two is that God uh, saw a vision of a massive sledgehammer that God is giving us in the spirit and anointing to break chains and anointing to break the chains of the enemy in our lives because you need an anointing. Sometimes you pray for somebody and nothing happens. No change because there's not an anointing. We need an anointing. We need the refiner's fire, that sledgehammer anointing to break the hold of the enemy of our lives. Come on, say it. I receive my sledgehammer. Amen. Receive the sledgehammer in Jesus' name. So the Lord wants to set you free. He wants to take the victory of the cross and draw that into your life. The enemy Crushed under your feet, the enemy bound, chains loosed. That's what God wants to do. And one of the keys is to heal you in your heart. Okay, worship team, join us here in the front. And the rest of us, please stand with me. Come on, we're going to trust the Lord to bring freedom to our hearts right now. So how hungry are you for freedom? How hungry are you for freedom? How desperate are you for freedom? Are you okay with the enemy messing you around? Are you okay with anxiety and depression, fear, timidity? Are you okay by being bound by habitual sins? Are you okay that there's darkness in your life? Because the only way you get the enemy out is you have to hate the sin. You have to hate the darkness. I said the enemy amplifies the flesh. He amplifies our natural cravings, ungodly cravings. He amplifies it's like, <sighs> want that. You know, you want that. You want you. So you have to hate it. So I want to be free. Are you okay with at times maybe drinking too much? Are you okay with that? Are you okay with medicating your soul with ungodliness and worldliness? There's no way to be set free unless you... Humble yourself and you say, God, I hate this stuff. I want it out of my life. I will not be comforted by the enemy. I will not be comforted by the schemes of the enemy, what the enemy brings into my life. 
In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. Jesus, take up your place. Cleanse out our hearts and minds. Take up your place, Jesus. It's number one in our hearts. With no enemy access allowed. No open doors. Nothing, nothing like that. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, right now, expose the works of darkness. Lord, expose where the enemy has bound our will and we're unable to do the will of God. Or where the enemy is keeping us from spending time with Jesus or in the Word because there's something binding us and blinding us. Lord God Almighty, reveal, expose the works of darkness in our lives. And Lord, give us the grace, the empowerment to want to be free in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.